Welcome back to Fandividuals. I'm one of your hosts, Sam. No, I'm the other one, Steve. <laughs> your, your voice always changes when you say Steve. Uh. Well, anyway, on this car ride, because we've taken another car, we're going to be talking about plot holes, among other stuff, I guess. And much like a car, this episode is going to have a spoiler or two. This is your warning. We're going to be talking about a lot of shows. Starting off, we're going to talk about some plot holes like in Futurama. One of the plot holes that really bugs me is the Star Trek plot hole is in the first, very first episode, the pilot of Futurama, they go into the head museum, and by they, I mean Fry and Bender, who are being pursued by Leela, go into the head museum, and they see Leonard Nimoy's head, and Fry does Spock hands at him, with no consequences. Which bugs me, because an entire later episode of Futurama revolves around the whole plot, where... Star Trek is outlawed, and any mention of it gets you in serious trouble because they were at the movie store, and Fry almost got shot because he said, what if we want to watch Star Trek? And then they had to go on that whole adventure, which you know about if you've watched it, and you don't know about if you haven't. I've watched it, but I don't remember it. There's also that option. Because some of the stuff just doesn't stick with you. But I watch it at least every other month. I haven't watched Futurama in like four years. I like to watch it for background noise because I've watched it enough that I don't need to pay attention to know what's going on. I Just, don't. I don't usually watch shows multiple times. I. You go. Ahead. I was saying I watch a show. I think the most amount of times I've watched a single show was three. That was Phineas and Ferb. I've watched Phineas and Ferb all the way through, like, three times. Well, that's fair, because Phineas and Ferb is really good. Yeah, but I usually one and done most shows. Ah, uh, I have a different thing that I do. I like to watch a show into, like, double, triple digits enough times that I know I can picture what's going on in my head, and then I'll play it whenever I need anything background noise because I don't have to pay attention to it, but I'll still know what's going on and I won't feel like I'm missing anything. I've done that with How I Met Your Mother. I could, like, recite some of the episodes. Nope. I have too many shows that I want to watch. I don't... If I watch one show, like, eight times, I'm not going to be able to keep up with all the other shows I'm trying to watch. That's fair. I just put a lot of time into one show. I try to get all the shows, but then I fail because every time I'm, like, watching a new show, someone will be like, Oh my god, can't believe you haven't watched Game of Thrones. <laughs> I still find it so funny that after it went on for, like, a decade, nobody know. talks about it anymore because of how bad the ending apparently was. I wouldn't know. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it either, but just nobody talks about it anymore, and I find that funny. I also have never watched Breaking Bad. I remember my dad watched Breaking Bad enough that one year he grew a beard and shaved, or, well, I don't think he shaved his head, 
but he got one of those shirts and he grew the little like goatee mustache out. He was the main character for not Christmas, anti Christmas, Halloween. No, I um, I've never watched Breaking Bad at all. Yeah, I mean, oh well. Whoa! Dropped the marker. Yes, I've dropped the marker, but I haven't dropped the ball. Futurama, global warming. Is another one of the potholes I want to go back to. One of the, I think it was season two, they introduced the plot of the evil robot Santa in the Xmas, where they go to like a ski lodge and Fry finds out about all the different things that have changed from his Christmas to their Xmas. And when they're going up the mountain on one of the ski lifts, he says, what's with all this snow? I thought global warming was going to get rid of it. And Leela comments that nuclear winter took canceled global warming out. But later seasons, they have a whole episode about global warming where they have to go and get ice cubes and dump in, in the sea to keep the world from heating up. It wasn't the best plot. <laughs> have to go get ice cubes to just just cool it down. Just gotta cool it. <laughs> Move it away from the sun a little bit. It's fine. <laughs> just fart so loudly and so forcefully that you move away from the sun. It's absolutely no fault plot. No fault plot. I mean, yeah, that's the way I'm describing it because I can't English. Okay. Yeah, and then a final thing I want to talk about plot holes wise with Futurama is Zoidberg. Because in one of the earlier episodes, which is how a lot of these plot holes happen, there was a whole episode where every single person of his like species went to his home planet. It's like everyone had to go there and then they all fucked and died. Spoiler alert. And so he was the only one left alive because he was so ugly. Which, I mean, apparently he was ugly even among his people, which oofed to him. And later on, just like his kind of creatures would like pop up all the all over the place, like different ages and stuff. And plus... I have a question about that because if their species, when they fuck and they die, does that mean that his, like, uh, uncle Harold Zoid never got some, like, crab pussy in his life? Probably. Oof. I mean, I, I can only assume. I'm just glad they didn't do an episode where they're like, Zoidberg met his parents. Because that would have been awkward to explain. They're not adopted. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Well, what do you mean we die when we fuck? We, we didn't adopt you. Who even said that? Watching too many Discovery Channel documentaries. Uh, that reminds me of how in um, the school system where we are, they stopped doing... Um, 
blood type tests because somebody like tried to sue them because they found out they were adopted through it or something like that. <laughs> Big goof. I, I don't understand. I don't even know my blood type. I don't know my blood type either, but I, it's either O negative or like AB. I don't know. I'm probably AB because I think that's the most common. Yeah. So that's probably me because I'm not special. And my dad is O negative. He like donates every week. Or not every week. <laughs> every I, week. Every whatever the standard blood donating time period is. I, I don't donate blood. I don't have enough to me. Every time I go to donate blood, I am like sick. And you can't donate blood if you're sick because it goes to some immune compromised Immunocompromised. I swear I can speak sometimes. Immunocompromised people and that will like straight fuck them up. Yeah. I don't have enough, like, weight. I thought you were going to say blood. I mean, technically, yeah, because, like, <laughs> they, I had to get blood drawn once for, like, actual just, like, blood testing for going to the doctor, and they had to draw my blood. And they drew my blood. There was, like, I don't even remember. It was, like, a tiny amount. The syringe was, like, I don't know. Podcast people can't see how much I'm holding my fingers, but it wasn't very big. Five to six inches. But I'm guessing that about, like, it was, like, probably, like, two, three-inch tube and a long needle. I don't know. I can't remember it clearly, but it was not very big. Yeah. For I mean, what they do today is they um, take, like, a little tube with a needle on the end, and they just poke it in, and your blood fills it up because it's pumping moving. I don't know, but they didn't draw a whole lot, and I just, like, I nearly passed out. <laughs> Oof. Just from, like, the tiny little bit they drew. And I knew there are people out there that actually pass out. Oh, yeah. But, I don't know. I just, I don't give blood often. Yeah, it's like getting a tattoo. Some people just pass right out. I also have not gotten a tattoo. Well, I've got a couple. and Luckily, I haven't passed out. Or if I did, I don't remember it. (laughs) I have not gotten a tattoo just because I don't know what I'd get a tattoo of. I mean, you could always get a tattoo of the Triforce or something. Yeah, I was going to, but then that just seems so basic. Get a better Triforce then. Yeah. Anyway, plot holes. What are you going to talk about this area? I don't know. I mean... What do you mean you don't know? You got stuff written down about it. Yeah, I do, but, like, I don't know where to start. I'm curious, like, what is the plot hole with Phineas and Ferb... With Candace and grilled cheese, because I don't remember that, <laughs> at, and it's puzzling me. At the start of the series, they say multiple times in multiple episodes that Candace is lactose intolerant and can't have dairy. Mm-hmm. They say in the second episode when it's Candace's birthday and they're going to Mount Rushmore and they're singing the song about Candace and her dream or whatever, one of the lines in the song is allergic to dairy. Hmm. And it's like a reoccurring thing, people talking about her being allergic to dairy. But then later in the show, she goes on about how she loves grilled cheese and it's her favorite food. I mean, do you think maybe it's like she can't have it and they just sort of forgot? Or do you think she's just like literally every other lactose intolerant person I know and that the devil couldn't take cheese from them if they tried? But like, there's never any follow up on it. She eats grilled cheese and, like, whatever, and that's just the end of it, like... I mean, it was a kid's show. They she couldn't get, show, like, a bathroom scene with well, her going, like, oh! Well, obviously, but I mean, like, 
it's never even no one even mentions it when she they go to get ice cream and she'll order ice cream and no one's ever like hey aren't you lactose intolerant like mm. it's never brought up but they say it all the time oh yeah allergic to dairy just that's candace and then go ahead and go drink a gallon of milk like there it's either one or the other they never do both huh and it just it confuses me because it just seems like one of those things that they could at least mention as like a fourth wall break joke. Like, huh, kind of funny how she's always eating grilled cheese. Isn't she lactose intolerant? And then they could be like, oh, yeah, that is weird. Or maybe just <laughs> Phineas and Ferb for like her birthday gave her the freedom from not eating dairy. I guess. Is that the correct phrasing? I'm guessing they did something with genomes or something. Genomes. I don't know. And genomes. Then- I mean, there's a guy on um, YouTube who has, like, uh, open-source experiments, and he made himself lactose-tolerant by modifying his genomes. Whoops. Yeah, I don't know. It's... The only reason they don't do it is because technically you have to test it on people, and you can't test it on people or something like that. Uh, I just... That's one of the things that bugs me. Well, no, that and genome editing is, like, highly controversial. You know. When I said one of those things that bugged me, I was talking about the Kenneth grilled cheese thing. Oh. Not genomes. <laughs> I have no idea what any of that meant that you just said. I just agree. <laughs> well, you see, genomes are a part of your DNA. Eh. Technically. Well, I'm not going to go into it because I'm in the sciences as a, in college, and I could definitely go on about it. But I'm not going to. I'm going to ask you about Sailor Moon power? <laughs> that, it's like, broader scope of... It's common in a lot of TV shows where something will happen in the show near the start, and then it's just never mentioned again. Mm-hmm. Even when it's relevant, or, like, something will happen, and then they just, like, oh, never mind. Like, three episodes later, they're acting like it never happened, which I know a lot of, like, episodic series will just brush stuff under the rug. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's legit, like, it never happened. And with Sailor Moon, is the, what brought it to my attention is in the first episode, she did her Sailor Moon transformation, and she has, like, little red, um, like, hair clip-looking things on mm-hmm. her buns. And in the first episode, they, like, beeped, and she could hear people crying for help in the distance. And it's like, oh, okay, those do something. But no, after that one time when they went off at the beginning of the first episode, they never do anything again for the rest of the series. I think it would be really funny if the only explanation for that wasn't that they forgot about it, but that Sailor Moon has chronic dumbass and forgot how to use him. But she didn't know how to use them the first time. She just heard it go off. Like, she didn't do anything to activate it. She just... I bet this just really picked up you shifting on the bed. Oh, whoops. <laughs> you, like, slightly moved, and there was a spike. Oh, I was checking how long, far along we are, because I thought it said 35, and I was like, whoa, we've been fucking talking. No, it's 15 minutes, 35 seconds. Like <laughs> I swear I'm not dyslexic. <laughs> but anyway... No, the first episode, she didn't know what she was doing then either. It just went off on its own. Mm. So, like, I don't know. It's one of those things where they just, nah, never mind. Hmm, this seems cool. Throws it in the trash. I wonder, I haven't read the manga, and I wonder if it is mentioned in the manga at all. 
Maybe it was one of those things where they had to skip, like, one of the point five chapters, and in the point five chapter, somebody, like, wrecked him. I don't know. Huh, wrecked him. I swear I'm not five. I don't know. It's one of those things. And then the other thing I had under Never Seen Again was not anime, but Wizards of Waverly Place, which has a lot of plot holes. I watched it, they added it to Disney+, Plus, and it was the first thing I watched on Disney+. Plus. And it, they, at, <laughs> at some point in the first season, they get a dragon mm-hmm. that's a beagle. Like, mm-hmm. it's disguised as a dog, but it's actually a dragon. Of course. And they keep it as a pet. The episode ends with them keeping the dog dragon. Uh-huh. And then the next episode, the dog isn't there. Hmm. And the dog never shows up for the rest of the series. And they at least mention it as, like, a funny joke in season the last season. The he, Max, is, like, he tells one of this girl that he's a wizard and stuff. And they're like, why would you do that? Is there anything you didn't tell her? And he said, yeah, I didn't tell her about the dragon, because I have no idea what happened to that thing. In, like, real terms, they probably couldn't afford to have a dog... On Probably. The set for like however many seasons. I am. Been. I am sure. I am one hundred and ten percent positive they just couldn't afford to keep the dog. But or if it they... was like, or like pissed on like a director or something. <laughs> he was like, "Get off my set!" I don't know what director powers, but there are. If they knew they weren't going to be keeping the dog for the series, why did they end the episode with them keeping it? I don't know. Maybe it was something that happened between it. Maybe the dog. This is going to be a bad thing, and if you don't like hearing dog death jokes, turn away now. Maybe the dog died, and then they were just like, ah, fuck. That's a lot of work. And then they just wrote it off. They didn't write it off. Well, I mean, (laughs) they mentioned in the last season. Yeah, after it all been done. That was after the damage has been done. They made a fourth wall joke. True, but like they could have been like, oh no, the dragon decided to leave in the second episode or something. I don't After know. that or something. They could have handled it. I just feel like when there's plot holes that happen, they should be... Handled. Handled, addressed in some way. Even if it's with a funny joke. Like, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. In the first couple of seasons, his aunt was played by one actress, mm-hmm. and then there was a little falling out behind the scenes, and that actress got fired, and they hired a new actress to play his aunt. Mm-hmm. And... They address that with a little fourth wall joke because they had a baby in between the two seasons. Mm-hmm. And afterward, his friend came up. He said, you know, ever since you had that baby, you've looked really different. <laughs> and she's like, what are you talking about? And then they just kind of looked at the camera. <laughs> Very fresh Prince of Bel-Air joke. But they it worked. They addressed it. They were just like, all right, this is how it is now. Moving on. Yeah, I haven't watched either of these shows, which, yes, I know I should watch it. Mm. But I do know quite a bit about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air through memes. And my favorite fourth wall joke they've ever made was, if we so rich, why can't we afford a ceiling? That's a good one. (laughs) There's a lot of fourth wall jokes in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I like the one where Cartman... Not Cartman. Who's Cartman? Cartman is from South Park. (laughs) Carlton. (laughs) God dang it. Oh. South Park strikes again. <laughs> Cartman is the South Park kid, the fat one. <laughs> Which one? They're all fat. The 
The, They're like little, little long the, half ovals. The vulgar one. That doesn't narrow it down. The, he, never mind. I'm not going to try and explain Cartman to you while keeping it PG. Wait, is he the one that complains a lot and has like an orange hoodie or something? No, he goes, screw you guys, I'm going home. Sure. The, he he swears a lot, he, never mind. <laughs> I'm trying to like explain him to you without dropping all the bombs that he drops. <laughs> Okay. okay. <laughs> I'll have to show you a video later. Oh, yeah. But, but anyway. Car- not Carlton. Carlton. As my favorite fourth wall break in Fresh Prince, Carlton just has a meltdown because Will convinces him that he murdered someone. What? It is a long story. You'd have to watch the episode. But Will's just like, oh, yeah, I beat him with a brick. And Carlton just has a complete and utter meltdown. And he runs around the set. Like the set itself, he runs out of the house and through the back door and stuff. And then he shows up at the like restaurant set and is running around going nuts. And then it shows him like running through the live audience going, why? <laughs> it was just a great time. Uh, I know we already talked about tropes in one episode, but definitely one of my favorites is the somebody who's kind of a sketchy character Seems to have murdered somebody, but it just turns out to be like a birthday surprise or something. I love those stupid episodes because they're so unnecessarily tense. What I'm surprised hasn't had one of those episodes. What? Psyche K. Yeah. They didn't have a, I thought he murdered someone. Like, they could totally have the... Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, I can't believe they haven't done that. Damn. Yeah. Any of them, really. Yeah. <laughs> And people could be like, they murdered someone, and it's like he's just sitting in the corner like, no, they didn't. <laughs> nope. Okay. The other topic we wanted to talk about was binge-worthy shows, good shows, and then good binge-worthy shows. Maybe. And yes, there is a difference. Yeah, like, what do you think makes a show? Like, just what qualities do you look for when binging a show? Okay, binging a show is, um, there's not enough, like intense things or like an overload of emotions in like a short span of time to make me have to stop and take like a little bit to recover like i had to take pauses when watching the office which is a binge worthy show but i had to take some pauses because like i suffer with awkward humor and that's quite a bit of it like i have a lot of empathy for characters and i would empathize with them and i just feel like the pain of Michael Scott trying to socialize with literally anyone and I'd have to like take a break or I would like experience physical pain. I watched most of The Office, but I never finished it just because the later seasons kind of eh. Yeah, once they like leave The Office, I kind of lost it. After Michael left, I stopped watching. Yeah, I didn't know Michael left. Thanks for the spoilers. Joking. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> we gave a spoiler warning at the end of the episode. You, for legal reasons, that's a joke. You should have been ready for spoilers yourself. <laughs> you gave the warning. Yeah. But, no, um... Then, like, a good show, I'd have to say, is one where, like, it's got quality characters, the characters develop, or, like, it makes you feel emotions. Like, if you are crying by the end of the show, I'd say that's a good show. As long as you're crying because it was, like, you felt the characters and you're like, mm, this is so good, or, like, you were like, 
oh my god, I can't believe I haven't watched this before. Like, Angel Beats is a good show. You can definitely binge it, but for your own emotional stability, you shouldn't. I did. Yes, I know you did. And that, that's what I was going to say when you were saying you think a good binge-worthy show is one with not a whole lot of emotion. Uh-huh. I binge-watch majority of the time emotional shows and far more often than not when I'm watching those emotional shows and everything is going on it's two in the morning yeah the lowest point in your emotional stable stability like oh yeah just like um how how I met your mother they say that nothing good ever happens after 2 a.m I care to disagree with that statement but for a general guide it Quite a few things are a lot more intense after 2 a.m. Because you're in that state of mind where you're like, oh, God, I'm so tired. But you're like so into the show. You're like, I can't stop. But I don't get tired. Yeah, because you're like vibing on the energy. Yeah. If I got tired, I would stop. But I don't get tired. I'm just like, well, might as well watch another one. (laughs) Got nothing better to do with my life. Which is how it happened for many of the shows I've watched in my time. (laughs) And then with, I think we said that there is an in-between for binge-worthy and good shows. And I know I complained a lot about Futurama with plot holes, but it is both a good show and it is binge-worthy. I binged it the first time I watched it, but that was the only time I watched it. Yeah, I watched it a couple of times. It's one of my background shows. As mentioned. Yes, as mentioned. Well, I've won and done it. One thing I will watch multiple times is John Mulaney specials. Oh, I love John Mulaney specials. Those are, those are like one of the few exceptions to things I will watch multiple times. There's a horse in the hospital. There's a horse in a hospital. Yeah. I'm not crazy about... A lot of the John Mulaney jokes that are like popular on the internet mm-hmm. are jokes that I'm not crazy about. Like I love them because John Mulaney... But I feel like he has so many good jokes that are underappreciated. Oh, definitely. One of his best specials, in my personal opinion, is the Salt and Pepper Diner. <laughs> if you haven't listened to the Salt and Pepper Diner, pause this podcast right now. Go look it up on YouTube. Listen to it. And then come back and thank us. I, yeah. <laughs> one, I, I like that one too, but one joke that even in the special, the audience didn't laugh at it as much as I did was his, um, one of, with, um, the, the bit about you can't say midget on television. Oh, I love that one. And the whole bit is fantastic, <laughs> but one line that absolutely killed me that nobody finds as funny as me for some reason is his line, the midgets were never enslaved unless you count the Wonka factory. And no one finds that hilarious. I had to pause the special the first time I watched it, dying with laughter at that. But no one found the Wonka factory humorous. Oh, I think my favorite part... Like, punchline of that is the, if you say midget on the news, we'll have an angry mob down here of midgets at the station. <laughs> and I <Trump>. said, promise? <laughs> midget is as bad as the N-word. Well, First of all, no. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting a little bit off topic. That's we are going to do course. a John Mulaney episode. Probably. We'll probably just do a comedian episode. 
We'll do, we can do multiple comedian episodes. We're going to do, like, multiple tangents. Like, we're definitely going to have... We're all over the place. ...other stuff. We say we'll do episodes focused on something, but when we say focused on something, take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. A lot of the time that we fill is filled by us going off on tangents. Exactly. That's why everything's 40 minutes instead of, like, 15. Because we could probably cover all these bullet points in 15 minutes if we stayed on topic. Yeah. Speaking of going back to topic, a binge-worthy show that is mostly binge-worthy, I'd say that in the good scale, it's above average because there is, like, a lot of good character growth and, like, a lot of contingency and, like, a bunch of stuff that happens is New Girl. The only reason I don't say it is, like, in the, like, full-on good, like, creme little creme side of good is because, like, it deals with some harsh truths where, like, people move away, and there is some awkward comedy, which I, again, have a hard time handling. Comedy through awkwardness is not something I enjoy. Like, Mr. Bean movies are torture. I've never actually seen a Mr. Bean movie. Ugh. Like, I know about them just because of the internet, but I've never actually watched any. I had to, like, take a break during that Mr. Bean movie where they were, like, chasing a spy and the spy had disguised themselves as an old lady. And so Mr. Bean bursts in the house of, like, his spy boss's wife who's having, like, a birthday for their grandmother. And he tackles the grandmother not once but two times. I had to pause it the second time because I was like, I would physically die in that scenario. No, I... I've never actually watched Mr. Bean, but um, I was going to say something that I forgot. Oh, yeah. One show that we actually didn't write down that I say is good and binge-worthy, which I watch like occasionally. I actually got into it because my mom watches it, and I'd watch it with her sometimes, mm-hmm. is The Goldbergs. Goldbergs. The Goldbergs. It's really good. Is that like the one where it's got Mr. Pickles in it, or is that the live people? Is it animated or not? <laughs> it's live, Mr. Pickles. I don't know. There's like a F is... I think it's F is for family or something. Like I don't know that. who Mr. Pickles is. Mr. Pickles is like a really messed up dog in a comedy family on Adult Swim. I think the show might actually just be Mr. Pickles. But I've, I've never heard of Mr. Pickles. No, the Goldbergs is about... Wait, is it the family that has like all the matching sweaters and the like screen cap thing? Oh yeah, and the thumbnail, that's it, yeah. Okay. The plot of the Goldbergs is it's the story of Adam Goldberg in the 80s. And what makes it interesting is it's directed by Adam Goldberg. (laughs) And all of, like, the entire series is things that happened to him when growing up. And at the end of each episode, 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 at the end of each episode of the Goldbergs, it shows an old clip from the 80s of like, look, this is it actually happening to me. Huh. And it's really cool because he makes the whole episode. And the humor is really good. It's fast paced and it's hilarious. And like. Some jokes will flop because obviously when you're doing comedy, jokes flop sometimes. Mm-hmm. But whenever a joke flops you're not holding on to that flopped joke because by the time that one is over and you're not laughing, there's another one that you're laughing at. Oh, yeah. Speaking of shows like that, have you ever watched uh, Raising Hope, I believe it was called? No. It was a pretty dang good movie because they had, like, a lot of good comedy in there. I think they ran over, like, 
um, Sting or something in the show. At least it wasn't Oprah. <laughs> That's another binge-worthy show. Drake and Josh. Binge Drake and Josh. I think it's on Hulu. I don't know. I don't know. It's somewhere. It might be on Disney+. Plus. It wouldn't be on Disney+. Plus. Okay. Drake and Josh is Nickelodeon. This is one of our obligatory anime mentions, personally. Soul Eater is both a good show and a binge-worthy show. I know if you read the manga, you probably disagree with the ending, but I've never read the manga, so... Then how do you know you disagree with the ending? Because I talked to somebody who read the manga, and they are like, Oh, this sucks. Well, in my experience, I usually... I am the center. I read the manga after watching a show. Uh, yeah. I Sometimes, like, with more recent shows, I read the manga, and then I'll, like, watch the anime, and I'll be like, this is nothing like the manga. <laughs> this is nothing like the novel. <laughs> There's not many books that I've read that are turned into movies. Like, the Harry Potter ones, and that's basically it. Yeah, and we definitely have some... Com I have some complaints about the Harry Potter movies. I but do, too. everyone has the same complaint. If you read the books and then watch the movies... Yeah, everyone thinks exactly the same, basically. Yeah. Get one Potterhead's opinion, you probably have all of them. Yeah. We, we should have a Harry Potter episode, too. Oh, definitely. We'll have to get some people on for that. Yeah, we We're going to have guests at some point. We'll have to gather a crowd, and then we'll all talk about Harry Potter. Less than ten, though. <laughs> Unless we wait four months. <laughs> Topical. Well, if you're listening to this outside of March 2020, we're talking about the whole COVID thing. Oh. This is your one reference to that. Maybe it will last longer. Who knows? Okay. If you're listening to this in the post-apocalyptic world. Well, thanks. Leave a upvote, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> upvote? I'm on Reddit. Reddit a lot. I mean, like a review. Post our podcast to Reddit. <laughs> distribute it through, like, floppy disks. Take it. Take the trash. <laughs> what a floppy disk. I don't know. There's a lot of, like, retro apocalypse things. We're going back. <laughs> Forget <laughs> bottle caps. We're going full floppy disk. I'm just thinking, like, post-apocalyptic. All right, let's save some of this audio for history to remember. Oh, you're a good idea. Here, we have this pile of USBs. Look, there's floppy disks over there. Grab them. <laughs> <laughs> Why floppy disk? Grab them! I mean, uh, where I go to school, they have, like, a hackerspace where they basically just donate a bunch of old computers, and you wouldn't believe how many floppy disk readers they have. In a, like, I cabinet. bet I'd believe it. It's, like, 50 to 70. Mm -hmm. And every computer you pop open, it's another floppy disk drive. But anyway, I know you have an anime you want to talk about. I do? Yeah. Which one? The Office. I'm just kidding. The <laughs> Sailor Moon. The Office, my favorite anime. <laughs> it was better than Cory in the House, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I know you you wrote Sailor Moon under binge-worthy. It is binge-worthy, and that's probably because I'm binging it right now. That's fair. And that's because I feel like a binge-worthy show... Is like, there's binge worthy and then like quick one and dones like mm -hmm. Angel Beats. I watched all in one night because there were 13 episodes. Yeah. And then that was it. But like a lot of people like long shows that you can binge consistently on and off, which is why The Office is a popular one because it has like eight, seven. 
I'd ten. I I don't know. It's got some seasons. It has a quite a few seasons. I can't remember how many, but yes. Let me let me concentrate real quick. I I want to say it has eight, but I am often wrong about those kinds of things. But oh uh, yes, I'm getting I'm getting I'm thinking. I think it has nine seasons. Yeah, okay, so I wasn't too far off. I said eight or ten, and it had nine, so I think I'm right. <laughs> I was technically correct. <laughs> yes, but actually, no. But anyway, the reason a lot of people watch The Office is because it has nine seasons, so you can just keep watching it mm-hmm. and consistently, and there's more to go back to for like a good period of time, unless you're one of those poor sacks that literally doesn't get off the couch for 36 hours and yeah yeah <laughs> one of those guys totally not me i mean there's a difference if you're on the couch for 36 hours and you decide to willingly spend that entire time watching the office i'm going to judge you well i don't spend it watching the office i spend it watching other stuff but i mean if there's I like some variety do want to say that there are some shows that have a long length that aren't binge worthy yeah. And I want to, I'm specifically talking from personal experience, and that is Naruto and One Piece, because they have so many episodes that if you lose your place and you're pirating it, there's like no finding where you were. I'm not pirating. I watched them when I was a poor and on. Uh, I didn't have ties or connections, so I pirated it. And Man. I lost my place and I gave up entirely. I'm probably never going to finish those shows. Okay, I mean, Sailor Moon would probably be one of those where if you're pirating it, you'd lose your place. Actually, I'm definitely sure it's one of those shows. Oh, definitely. But if you're watching it legitimately, which I am on Hulu, (laughs) then it's good because there's a lot going on and there's like 200 episodes. Mm -hmm. So it's a good meaty show to like last through quarantine. Ooh, (laughs) a sign of a good binge-worthy show is one where as you binge it, it's got a slow enough build to match its pace, and it doesn't need to like keep pulling things out of its ass. Or a show that you can tell everything is planned from the beginning. Or like it, you see something and it's it connects back to like season one and like it was like a random rock or something. And it was all connected, such as Gravity Falls. Oh, yes. Gravity, Gravity Falls. Every, I am 100% positive that every minute detail in Gravity Falls was planned from the very beginning. Oh, definitely. Like season one, episode one, he knew what little things he was going to be throwing in the background in season two finale. Mm-hmm. For people to like pick up on after the show ended. Oh, I love shows where like, even in like the beginning there was this like you thought it was a cool effect, and then later on you find out it was like part of a big whole conspiracy. It was all that slaps, and that was basically Gravity Falls from like the first up. They had like the clues of like the letters in the background of the series or whatever, mm-hmm. and the hidden message in the first episode was Stan is not what he seems. Mm-hmm. Like, he legit had the entire series planned out in episode one. I'm positive. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the good stuff. And I, it's great because then you watch Gravity Falls a second time, and the episodes are all different once you know everything. Oh, yeah. Like, do you remember the episode in season one with the wax statue of Stan? Mm-hmm. And they 
murdered the wax statue and Stan holds the funeral and loses it and stuff. Yeah. It's not because it was Stan and he's a narcissist. It's because it looked like his twin brother. Oh, damn. Fair. And, and it was like losing his brother all over again. Mm-hmm. Like. Oof. I did not think of it. It's an like entirely that. different episode once you know the whole deal with his brother. Oh, yeah. Like, I love shows where, like, after watching the ending, going back through, it's like, oh my god, this is so much different than I thought. Speaking of shows where you, once you've completed it and you go wash it back and it's completely different, trigger warning, I'm going to mention it. <laughs> Doctor Who. <laughs> this, I have to warn him because one of our mutual Friends with big ass quotation marks. I say friends. I don't. I don't yeah. say friends. <laughs> well, ex friend <laughs> ruined Doctor Who for him on several occasions, and so I have to mention when I'm going to talk about it. It just bugs me. It's such a good show because there's a lot of like loops and twists and all kinds of turns. And I just love that when you rewatch it, you're like. Oh, that's what that was. Or like, oh, dang, really? Like, it's just really good. And they managed to pull off quite a bit. <laughs> I, too, watch a show and go, oh, dang, really? Like I, a scripted <laughs> I do that sometimes. I'm going to be honest. I'll be like, oh, shit, when something good happens in a show. Well, you know, like, there's expression like, Okay, usually when something happens in a show and I'm, like, actually wowed by it, I don't make normal people noises. I'm not like, oh my gosh, whoa, uh, whoa, and, like, start talking about it. I, while watching Angel Beats at 2 in the morning, after getting to <clears throat> certain episodes, was going, <laughs> as I clicked play next. <laughs> I live with somebody, so I have human reactions sometimes. But I know when it gets really intense, I just I just swear. I do I'm that. not going to say because I don't want to mark this episode explicit, even though I've sworn like three times. I was plus. going to. Oh, dang. Okay. Just because. <laughs> I'm trying not to, but I still do because you slip up a lot. I, yeah. I mean, hey, science shows that people who swear are more honest, so I'm giving you my honest opinion here. I have nothing to hide. And why aren't you fucking swearing? Fucking swear, bitch. Watch your fucking language. Yeah, we're gonna have to mark this explicit. We already were. <laughs> but, where was I? I think we were gonna talk about the last show and then wrap it up. Okay, we can do that. I was in the middle of a thought, but I can't remember oh. what it was. Oh. I mean, we're right around the amount of time we usually are. Yeah, we're, I think we're a little over how long we usually go, but that's fine. This episode can run long. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about good shows. you got to have time for that. You can stay longer. It's fine. You're listening to a podcast. I know you have nowhere to be. <laughs> or you're doing something else, and then you probably didn't get this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what was the last thing we wanted to talk about? Star versus the Forces of Evil. With a great show, the ending... Um, I don't think the ending was too bad. It just I, it just left a lot of unanswered questions is the only thing. It, like I feel like the last like two, three episodes kinda dropped the ball. I don't I don't remember that. 
that's also because I don't remember the last two episodes. I only remember the ending scene where, like, the worlds were merged. Spoiler. Yeah, but I feel like it was it was good, and it was a good concept, but it just... The way it was handled almost felt like a cop-out, which I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure the creator knew what they were doing and stuff, but it just... There was no warning... And there was really no explanation. It just kind of happened. Okay, real quick. You mentioned ending episodes being cop-outs. We have to talk about How I Met Your Mother. That's such a cop-out. Because like, what happened is that the reason that all, all these scenes where Ted is talking to his kids, the kids are the same age and have the same clothes, they recorded all those at once. So they recorded the very ending like scene where Ted goes to Robin with a blue French horn and like try is like winning her back for the final time. That was already like planned like very beginning, like probably one of the first things well, they recorded. I don't know if the blue French horn bit was, but they recorded the scene with the kids yeah, all at once. Yeah, they recorded the scene with the kids. They recorded the scene with the kids all at once and they recorded two endings, one where mm-hmm. the mom was dead the whole time and then one where she wasn't. Mhm. To like throw them off, I guess, which implies they knew they wanted the mom to be dead the whole time. Which I'm okay with if they had some, like, hints throughout the show. Because it was just, like, randomly, like, oh, shit. And she's got cancer, I guess. I don't know. Like, if the mom was dead the whole time, then why were the kids so against hearing a story about her? I mean, yeah, it was probably, like, him yammering on for, like... A whole fucking, uh, what was it, like, 2005 to 2012, that's like seven years? Yeah, but like... Seven, the, eight, the, nine? The yeah, way they years. groaned, like, at the very beginning, he's like, I'm gonna tell you how I met your mother, and they go, ugh, like, before he even tells them how long it's gonna go. Fair, like, I know it's a comedy, but like... Their mother was dead. As someone with only one parent and the other being dead, if my mom was like, hey, want to know something about your father? I'm not going to be like, ugh, that guy? No, thank you. <laughs> like, no, I want to hear about my parent. Like, And then throughout the series, as he's telling them things, I'm like, just like your mother, like, as if she's there and they're not getting any, like, making expressions when he says your mother they're not like our mom you know no what <laughs> they don't care that she died i don't know it bugs me yeah but the real cop-out moment was when they made barney and robin break up and they didn't they, really provide a real reason they completely tore down barney's entire character arc in like 15 seconds they were so good together and then it was just like they were meeting up and like Ted and whatever her name was. Which one? I can't remember the ending. The wife. Because they were like, everyone was meeting up for once, and um, then Robin and Barney were like, we broke up. Yeah, like, out of nowhere. Yeah, like, they did, like, a little prelude, but it was in the same episode where they were, like, traveling for Robin's job, and he was doing his travel blog, which, like, Knowing those two, they probably were living their best lives, but they had to make it seem all bad, and then they woke up drunk in a hotel with a baby. I don't and know. then they were just like, let's break up. Like, it's so 
I don't understand. So, uh, it just... The entire ending bugs me. Mm-hmm. For various, various reasons. And one of them is that they just kind of destroyed Barney. He was such a great character. He burned the playbook for her. I, well, he burned it fakely, and then he actually burned it. Which is like, yeah, but like, he still burned it. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Like, at the end of the day, it was still burned. But, like, then he just... Nah, never mind. Like, <laughs> what? Ah, bugs me so much. Yeah. And then we had another point, but I guess we're not getting to that. Yeah. I mean, the other point was Avatar. and Well, I was talking about transitioning smoothly recovery shows. Oh, yeah. I think that probably the next episode we're going to do is recovery shows, just because if you're going to watch some of these, you're going to need to recover from it. Yeah. Especially Angel Beats. Needs Go watch it. Need some wholesome shows to fill the void left in your heart. Oh, yeah. And I got a couple of those. Just a couple. Hey, why don't you um, guide us out of the episode this time? I don't know how. Just be like, yeet. I don't, what? No. <laughs> I don't know how to end things. <laughs>